Glad that uh, you're all here uh, for our first service here at Kakaka Christian Fellowship. Um, I, I trust that all of you listened very carefully when, when Max came up to share you know, some of the, the things that's coming up, like the baptism. How many of you listened very carefully? Okay, good. Because there's something that if you were listening very carefully, you're wondering, what about it, right? Because Max said there was a triple header yesterday. Talk two games. Max, what about the third game? Okay, now I feel better. I feel better. Because you said triple header, and I was like, okay, what's the third one? Now, it really was, a, um, it was so tempting for me to want to, to stay up, but I just couldn't to, to see the. Um. But I was very disappointed because, you know, if you're a real high school football fan, you know you're rooting for the um, the OIA, right? Public schools, you know. You know you're rooting for the public schools, so that's okay. Um, you know, we, we started at the vision service, and, you know, God's clear word, you know, just I was just praying, God, you know, during the sabbatical and, and even after, I said, God, you know, I know what you want us, I know why you started this church. But, but where do you want us to go? And it was just real clear to me that God kept saying, it's time to go for broke. That it's just time to go for broke, you know. And um, if you've been living in Hawaii for any length of time, um, you know where that came from, you know, from the 442, that was their, their motto. Um, I thought it was kind of surprising or kind of coincidental, but I knew it wasn't. That last week, Sunday, um, I believe on the 75th anniversary of the uh, Japanese internment uh, in World War II, um, they, at the 2017 Hawaii International Film Festival, um, they premiered a movie called Go For Broke. And uh, you know, I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. And I, I just believed it was God just kind of reaffirming in my heart, in our heart, that, that there's, a, there's a sense of urgency that, that, that I hope and pray that over the next few weeks we get this sense of urgency, that, that it's time to go for broke because it's really time to go for broke. You know, not just, hey, you know what, you guys want to go? Yeah, I guess it's okay. Because time's short. You know, time's short. Um, if you read the Bible and, and if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know that, that, that Jesus could come back any time. And if, and if you really love Jesus, that, that you, you know, you're just like, come on, right now, Jesus, come right now, you know? And, and yet, and yet, there's a part of me that says, Jesus, just wait. Because I know too many people that if Jesus came back today and if things kind of snapped into action, I know a lot of people today that, that, that if Jesus came back, that they wouldn't be ready for Jesus' return. And if I know a bunch of people, I know you all know a bunch of people. And as much as I would love Jesus to come back, I don't want to see the people that I know. You know, one of my um, best friends, he was uh, um, my best man when I got married uh, just a few years ago. Um, you know, just he's been a lifelong friend, and I still, you know, uh, uh, talk to him. And uh, every time I see him, you know, every time I have a, uh, opportunity, and you know, he came to help uh, put in cabinets at our house, and so we, you know, just take every opportunity to get together, 
you know, I, I know his birthday is September 5th. I call him up, you know. And uh, I, I always, you know, always goes back and say, hey, Russ, you know, just, man, heaven wouldn't be the same without you, you know. And he goes, yeah, I know, I know. And I said, no, you, you don't know, you know. And uh, I'm just praying. I've been praying for years and years and years. And when God says to me that it's time to go for broke, it means a lot. It means that it's time, and where that saying came into to being, it was like a gambling term we talked about. And it was like putting in all your chips, all your money. You know, just, just put it all in. On one hand, one roll of the dice, whatever it is. And hoping that you win big. And what Jesus is saying to us is that are, are, are we willing, are we willing to, to risk it all? To put it all in, everything in our lives. Are we willing to give everything so that he can do something that only he can do? Am I willing to give everything and do everything I can to see my friend and others that I know come to know Jesus? And the answer to that is, is simple, but it's not easy. That I want to say yes, because in my head I know that there is nothing on earth that will last for eternity. Right? Nothing. So what I give up is something that's just, it's just not going to last. And I'm going to give it up for something that will last for all eternity. And to me, that's a no-brainer. But a lot of stuff gets in the way. I think of Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, where Jesus says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That, that's what Jesus has come to do, to set people free. And I look around in the world, and I, and I look, and I, and, I, and, I, and I think of Romans chapter 1, and I think of 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I look, I'm seeing it before my very eyes. That I look around, and, and I just see the world's a mess, you know? And, and the thing is, when, when you live for so many years, and, 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 there's a, and you remember when... You first got, when color television first came in, you know, was, was came in, and you're old enough to remember that day. And when you're old enough to remember when McDonald's opened in Aina Haina, and when you're old enough to remember that when, when pizza was first brought in, and people in Kaneohe went crazy because like, whoa, there's this place called Shakey's Pizza. And we got a coupon to go. And it was like the greatest thing, pizza. To which my father, right, says, that's not dinner. That's just a snack. And when you're old enough to remember those things, you can look back and you can say, wow, the trajectory of our world isn't getting better. You know, and that, there's more and more darkness. And what Jesus is saying, look, yeah, there's darkness. But I'm calling you to be salt 
and light. And it's time to, to rise up, church. It's time to go for broke. And that's what he's calling us to do. And I'm praying, and we've been praying, and, and we're going to keep praying that, that we would all get that sense of urgency. That we would say with our hearts, as much as with our mouth, yeah, it's time to go for broke. So why don't we pray right now, and let's, let's, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come and fill all of us here. Just fill us with your presence. Holy Spirit, come and lead us into all truth. Just cut through. That you would speak to us heart to heart. Speak through your word. I pray. That, that I would just be obedient to just speak what you want me to speak this morning. Because we want to hear from you. So fill us. Come and fill us. Fill us. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, you know, we looked at how Jesus, you know, he was started his ministry, he was, he was beginning to do miracles and some great things, and his disciples were following him, and man, some great stuff was happening. And then he goes back to his hometown in Nazareth, right? And we find out it wasn't necessarily a rousing uh, uh, return. In Matthew 13, verse 58, it says, and so he did only a few miracles there. Man, he was doing all kinds of things. He goes to his hometown, not a real warm reception. And then we find out, that he did only a few miracles there. Why? Because of their unbelief. And two important things we learned, right? That our view of Jesus will shape our response to Jesus. You know, and that's so true. How we see Jesus will shape how we respond to him. And how we respond to him really ultimately shapes the way we're going to live our lives. But it all goes back in how we view Jesus. And then the second thing we see is that there's a direct correlation between expressing our faith and experiencing miracles. That in order to just go for broke, that, that we need to see Jesus for who he really is. And that we need to exercise faith. And when we do those things, and we say it all the time here, we say, you know, when we step out in faith, that God intersects our faith with his faithfulness, and then we see things change because his power comes in. We begin to see God do things that only God can do. And so Jesus was there in his hometown. Not much stuff was happening. And then he and his disciples, you know, they go, right, to that kind of remote place in Bethsaida. They go to this town. And, they, you know, we, we read about the only miracle that all four gospel writers, they, they, they recorded in their, their gospels um, where the, the feeding of, 5,000 men, but really about 10 to 11, 12,000 people were fed on five uh, little fish and a couple bread, you know, or the other way around, five bread and, and two fish, you know. And the, the amazing thing about it was here they are, thousands of people, just this little food, and they end up with more than what they started with, right? And, and Jesus was doing that to help them to see beyond what they could see. And so his disciples, who he really wanted them to get that lesson, 
they all had a basket full of food. There were 12 basketfuls left over, you know? And so they have this doggy basket. And then what we see is then Jesus says, now I want you to go to a, 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 another city, and you're going to have to, you're going to have to take a boat ride, right? And so he says, you know, so here I can just imagine the disciples, you know, they, they were ministering all day long. They, they fed all these people. Now they got their baskets. They're going to go on this three-hour cruise, whatever, and they're, they're eating their, their doggy baskets on the boat, on the Sea of Galilee, right? And then what we find out is that right after the miracle, they get on that boat, they're, they're on the boat alone. Jesus said, go ahead, I'm going to go to pray, right? And so they're out in there, and we, um, hours of the morning, uh, they're, they're out there on the Sea of Galilee, and a storm comes, and uh, all of a sudden, they see Jesus walking on the water. Now, the book of Mark, Mark tells us that Jesus was there just passing by, you know, kind of sassy. Yeah? He was just kind of passing by. And <clears throat> I think what Jesus was doing was he was beginning to, 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 to train his disciples, to help his disciples to see and uh, to see him for who he really was. He wanted to see what their view of him was, right? And so here they're in the boat, it's a storm, and they see Jesus walking on the water, and we find out, uh, in Matthew, we find out, they go, whoa, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. And what we, we see there is that they're just not quite there yet. Because men don't walk on water. The only things that we know that walk on water is, is like ghosts kind of things, Right? So even after seeing the miracle, all the people getting fed, even seeing all the miracles he had done beforehand, when they saw Jesus walking on the water, they weren't there yet because they still saw Jesus as one of them. And so they go, hey, man, it's a ghost. And today we're going to continue that story in Matthew chapter 14, verse 26. So when the disciples saw him, right, on the water, they were terrified in their fear. They cried, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Now, that's a wonderful thing. Jesus knew, like, whoa. So he says, wait, look, take courage. You know, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. He says, no, look, it's me. It's really me. It ain't no ghost. It's me. To which Peter calls out, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you in the midst of this storm. Tell me to come to you walking on the water. <clears throat> wow. Okay. To which Jesus said, shoot. Right? Or he just says, yes, come. I mean, that's what we would say. Shoot, come. Right? Right? He says, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. And we look and, and we see the disciples. They're like, man, that must be a ghost. And Jesus says, no, it's me. And so their, their minds are like, oh, man, is it really Jesus? See, they're beginning to see Jesus in a new way. So much so that Peter goes, you know, 
if, if that's really you, if that's really you, then, then, then will you tell me to come to you and, and, and to walk on the water? Because if it's really you, I want to do that. But if it, it's not you, then forget about that. I'm just going to stay where I am. And Jesus says, yes, come. And we see Peter step out and walk on the water. To which we say, well, you know, that's, just, that's Pete. And, you know, that's a good Bible story. You know, but can you imagine if you were in that boat? Because Peter's just like us. He's not, he's not an alien. Right? He's like us. He messes up just like us. He doubts just like us. Right? And here's this regular, ordinary man who's looking and thinking, you know, Jesus, he might really be God. And so he said, you know, if you are, tell me to come because I kind of want to, I kind of want to, I've never walked on water before. kind of would like to do that. And we see that faith really does move the hand of God. Right? And Jesus says, yeah. And Peter took those steps of faith. In order to go for broke and walk in God's future, we got to choose to view Jesus for who he really is. That's so, so important. And then respond to him accordingly by faith and not fear. See, Because they were in a situation where it was pretty spooky to be on the water with a storm going on. To make matters worse, oh no, now there's a ghost. But Peter responds in faith. And when we look at this, there's some, there's some truth that I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. See, because I know it's not an accident, because there's no accidents with God. You are here this morning. You could be anywhere. But you're here because God wanted you here. And God wants to speak to you today. And, 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 and take a minute to just think about that. That the God of this universe loves you enough that he brought you here because he has a specific word that he wants you to get. And the only thing we got to do is we just got to open up our hearts. And some of you are thinking, well, you know what? Yeah, I, I, that sounds good, but, but I'm still a little bit, oh, I'm still tense because I was waiting all that time for my husband. He's always late. He wanted to, he wanted to watch the last drive and just see if Kirk Cousins is going to lead watching to that touchdown. So we late for service today. And you're all tense. You know? Just let that go. Kirk did lead them to the touchdown. They're winning 17 to 10. Okay, so just Relax. 
and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I believe the first thing he wants to say, and for some of you, this is going to be like right here. Because God's going to speak to us this morning. We pray that the Holy Spirit would fill and speak to us, and he will. We just got to let him, okay? First thing, letting go of control is the essential requirement if we're going to live by faith and go for broke. Letting go of control is the essential requirement if we're going to live by faith and just go for broke. It starts with us letting go of control. Because when you think about letting go of control, that's, that's the essence of going for broke, right? You're giving everything you got, but at one shot to win it big. What you got to, you, you know what? Caution to the wind, that's going to buckle loose. That's what that is. And what God is saying to us is where it all starts, if we want to go for broke, is that we've got to learn to let go of control. And the funny thing is, to one degree or another, is that we're all kind of control freaks, right? We just all want to try to somehow control our lives, you know? We control it, and we try our best until something happens outside of our control, and then we come to church and we go, God, help us, you know? And God is saying, faith, is realizing that we really don't have control and we can't really control the things in our lives and that letting go of control and placing ourselves in a position of dependence, that's what faith really is. See, faith is trusting God for something that we're just going to say, God, we're just going to let go of control. That's what faith is all about. The essence of faith is letting go of control in all things, in all ways, and trusting God, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise, who loves you like no other, and place yourself in a position to depend on him for everything. And, and when we do that, then we walk on water. I want to walk on water. Well, you got to let go. No, I don't want to let go. But I kind of want to walk on water. can't have both. Because it's your faith that's going to move the hand of God. And if you're still trusting in yourself and say, well, I, I kind of think that's cool, though, can't do it. And so often we miss out on what God wants for us is because we're not willing to let go of control. And letting go of control really is the essential, essential requirement if we're going to go for broke and we're going to walk in faith. Second thing is that faith demands a credible object of expression. Okay, what that means is our faith will depend on what or who you have your faith in. Yeah? Faith demands a credible object of expression. Peter's request, Jesus, if that's really you, then I'm stepping out of the boat. Because I've seen what you've done. And if you walk on the water, and if you tell me to walk on the water, you're a credible object of my faith. You know? So if it's really you, I want to be where you are. But if it's a ghost, I'm staying right here. Because my faith in a ghost 
is not that high. So I'm just staying right here. Our faith is only as strong as the object of our faith, right? Peter was saying, I'm willing to literally step out in faith, but I got to know that it's really you. Because you and you alone have the part of walk on water. How did Peter know that? Because he saw. He was watching Jesus walk on water. See, in a real, real small way, some of you are a little fearful when it comes to flying. I used to be like you. I don't fly no more. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I, you know, but it's like that, right? This, so, so, so some of you, you're waiting for, you're waiting at the gate, waiting to go on the plane, looking at your phone, doing a whatever. <clears throat> okay. I got to learn to let go of control. Okay. So God's speaking to me first and foremost that I got to trust. So while you guys are looking at your phone, doing whatever, checking out what's not, I'm looking at the gate for the, for the captain and his crew to come in. And if I see the captain red-faced and, and walking like this, you know what? I, I'm changing planes. I'm changing planes. Or if I see a pilot and he got really thick glasses and he's really old and he's like, I'm changing planes. Because, because I don't want to fly if I don't have faith in the pilot. That's why, you know, Daniel So, he's a pilot uh, for Hawaiian, and, and he comes to our church, and, and he's a pilot for Hawaiian now. So, I love Dan. I know Daniel. So, before I fly, I find out if Daniel is, is on the flight team. And if he is, then I go on another flight. You know? <laughs> <coughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you see, how this all applies to us is that it goes back to our view of Jesus will shape our response to him. If you got a small view of Jesus, then, then, then you're going to have a small and weak faith. If, if you think Jesus is just like you and me, that he can only do what you and I can do, then, then, then you know, he really can't do the things that he wants to do. Because the truth is, faith demands a credible object of expression. A.W. Tozer wrote this really impactful statement that I think about a lot. And he gets to the crux of the issue, and he says this. What comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Yeah. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. How do you think about God? Question, how big is your Jesus? Do you really see him for who he is, God Almighty, the one who created everything we see, the one who nothing is impossible for? How, how big is your Jesus? Because However big your Jesus is, that's how big your faith is going to be. And it starts with what comes into our mind when we think about God. Oh, first thing comes to our mind, God's mean. God's mean. Then everything about you is going to, is going to follow that belief that God is mean. <clears throat> you know? 
that I'm going to come to service today because if I don't, God's going to, like, he's going to do something really bad to me. And you're going to come here, and you're not really going to get anything out of it because you're just going to be like, "Mm, I just got to come here because God says I got to come. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about us. And the truth is that Jesus is a credible object of our faith. He really did walk on water. That he really did all the miracles that he did. That he really did die on that cross for you and me. He really did. And so when he says, yes, come, we can come because he's credible. Third thing is that faith must be expressed in response to God's word. Faith got to be expressed in response to God's word. Pete says to Jesus, Jesus, can I come? And Jesus says, yes, come. And responding to Jesus' word, yes, come, Peter takes a step of faith. And faith requires confidence in Jesus, but it also requires an obedient response to his word. You know? And, and so it's okay, how do we know what he says? And so often what we want to do, and, and it's good to do, we pray and we ask God, God will show us what you want. But, but, the, but the best way is this is God's word. And God's in this word. And he tells us all kinds of things that we need to do. And faith requires that, yeah, we, Jesus, yay. But it also requires an obedient response to his word. Don Cousins says, you know, if God's not in it, you don't want it. But if God's in it, you want it. And God's in his word. And he honors his word. And so that's why it's so important that we read his word. It's so important that we get into it every day, and it's so important that we obey it, that we obey it. If we want to go for broke, we got to let go of trying to control things. we got to understand and see that our faith is in, a God, in Jesus, and he is more than credible to place our faith in. That Jesus is God Almighty. But faith means we've, we've got we've to step out in faith. I want to walk on water. Shoot, come. Will you come and get me? I think that's what I would have asked. Will you, will, you, will, you, will you come and get me? You know, his hand, please. Right? He said, no, I, I need you to take a step. And it's when we take a step of faith, that moves the hand of God. But we got to take that step of faith. How do you step out and respond to God's word in your life? By faith, you, you, you choose to live with joy, even in the midst of a trial. You just choose to live with joy. 
Why? Because James 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any, time, any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, lacking, needing nothing. So when you're in a situation, Jesus is saying, come. What does that mean? When you go into that hard time, just consider it joy and an opportunity for great joy because I'm teaching you something even in the midst of that. And we take a step of faith. By faith, we choose to forgive those who have wronged us. Why? Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So when you're wrong, you let go of that and you choose to forgive. How often? How do I do that? Well, you do it over and over. You give it over until it's over. Right? You might have to forgive you know, a hundred times today. Every time that a thought gets that person, I forgive them. Because I'm going to be obedient to God's word. And tomorrow it might be 90 times. The next day it might be 20. But you keep forgiving. Over and over, you give it over until it's over. By faith, you choose to obey God with your money and your possessions. How? By trusting God and giving first. Proverbs 3, you know, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your, all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will be brimmed over with new wine. Why is God so big on giving him first? Doesn't need our money. Doesn't need our stuff. But, but, but what he's saying is, when we give him first, we're declaring that he comes first in our lives. So first check we write, you know, we get our pacer. First check we write is our tithe. Barry Fong, you know, some of you in our church know who Barry Fong is. Barry Fong has a prolific mango tree in his, in his yard. Why does he have a prolific mango tree? Because the first fruits of that mango tree, tree he gives it to God. He says, how do I give the first fruits of our mango tree to God? I know I'm going to give it to Pastor Mark. So for years, that's what he's been doing. And then he got a prolific mango tree. What is the moral of that story? Like, like if, say, like some of you go fishing. And you go fishing. The first fruit of your fishing, just give it to God. How can I give it to God? Some of you go fishing. Don't catch nothing. Now you know why. Now you know why. Okay? You see, we've got to have confidence in Jesus and see him for who he is. But going for broke means we've got to express our faith by stepping out. One of the things that God has impressed upon me is I say, God, you know, I, I don't got time to do all the things that I need to do. You know, all these things, right, that I want to do, need to do. I remember one day God says, hey, I appreciate you all tithing. Thank you. I thought God say, you ever thought about tithing your time? 
You know, I haven't really thought about tithing my time. So I figured out, being a math genius that I am, 24 hours, so that's 2.4 hours. So I figured, yeah, about an hour and a half, I'll be two hours and a half. And so what I said I'm going to do is when I plan out my week and all my days, it starts off with one thing. I just put in my time with God. And it's not like a legalistic thing, but I put in an hour and a half in the morning because I want to start my day with them. I'm going to put an hour at night because I want to end the day thanking him. And, and just say, God, I'm going to give you the rest for tomorrow. I'm just going to give it all to you. And I'm just starting to begin to tithe my time. Now, what is God? Is God doing something great, Mark? I don't know yet. All I know is God said it. I'm going to do it. He says, come. I said, I'm coming. See, what is God calling you to do? How big is your God? I'm going to call the worship team up. But, but how big is your Jesus? If Jesus asks you, hey, come, are you willing to come? Have you given God the opportunity to speak to you by saying, hey, will you come? But if you haven't, and it, you know, I just want to give you an opportunity. Why don't you stand with me? All right? And while the worship team is playing, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Yeah? And just say, God, you, you are more than worthy for me to trust and follow. And I want to let go of control. And just ask him, what is it you want me? What do, what do you want me to do? That, that if I don't have you, you know, it's just going to be really rough. That I want to step out in faith. I want to walk on water. While, while they sing and you can worship with them, ask the Lord to speak to you right now. All right? Let's just pray. Father, I pray. Speak to us. Holy Spirit, will you speak to our hearts? We open our hearts to you. Speak to us. Thank you.